hit that record button, hit that stream button. And we're live here on Facebook. I'd like to welcome those listening in podcast land, and also like to welcome my buddy Rich. Rich, how you doing today? Doing good, Mike. Um, had a full week of work this week, so but uh, we still got one more day. So uh, next week will be my last planned four day work week. So nice. Yeah, last one before I uh, where I get where the calendar turns over. Uh, for the anniversary date for my uh, year with the company. Nice. Um, but yeah, but a little bit of uh, kind of a tiring week, long week, with uh, a lot of nine and ten hour shifts mm. this week. And uh, but um, but also had a good time at the uh, at a marriage marriage conference that our church put on, which is why we're coming in coming in with you on a saturday afternoon so you're saying that you probably put in 40 hours of work and you still took off a day no 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 i did not take off a day this week oh okay okay so overtime this week oh yeah there's always overtime it's just how much overtime (laughs) this week it just felt like a little bit more than usual like the the extra hours really hit me a little bit harder this week than uh than most weeks so mike uh how how are you doing Uh, you know i'm hanging in there uh yesterday was an exhausting day we will get to that in a in in a while it's gonna be oh long day yesterday um and then i was just uh, seasonal allergies are starting to kick off, so I got a tickle yeah. in the back of my throat, and I'm just exhausted. So like Thursday, I was hanging out at home and fell asleep on the couch at like six thirty, seven, or just after seven. Woke up at ten, got ready for bed, and slept, and then had to wake up at five in the morning yesterday morning, which then made for an extremely long day. Which we'll talk about in just a yeah. second. But Mike, before we get over here, show off your merch though. You, you oh, got yeah. you got some of the new yeah. hats. You got that new hat in. So this is our new hat. Uh, this is when you when we had those the shirt sale stuff that you could order. Uh, this is what the hat looks like. Uh, it's uh, it, it's weird because looking at it on the camera, and I don't know if mm-hmm. you can tell, but it's more eight bit looking than what the camera looks like. It's picking up. Um, okay. So it looks like a character from like old school video games and stuff like that. All right. So that's kind of what the intention was, and then uh, with the with the O for the Okaboji, and then yeah, and then we have a, uh, I have a, a color wave uh, a maroon color wave shirt and with the same logo on the front, and then a uh, black hoodie that also does it. It's really great. You'll get to see it in person soon, hopefully. Nice. So I'm glad that that went well. Did uh, the, did the kids end up liking them? Did they arrive yeah. in time for them to wear at state? Yeah. To, so to... Uh, we wore the hats and, and shirts. Uh, well, I told the guys they had to wear their team shirt because that's kind of our uniform. Yeah. But outside of the team shirts, uh, they wore their hoodies and their hats uh, at state. So it was great. Good deal. Well, more on how you guys did at state at the end of the show so stay yeah. tuned if you want to hear how mike's esports team did but mike we we got a little bit of we still got some leftovers to to uh to deal with and have first yeah. we got to go over 
Um, one last thing on the NFL before uh, two things, two more weeks for the NFL before we kind of put that on the back burner is we got to go over our prop bets because you forgot to bring the sheet last week. But we got it now, so we'll be ready to talk that. And then uh, next week, next week, we'll do a pre-draft, pre-free agency power rankings. Yep. Um, just giving you our eye test, not going into the ELO or where the power rankings rank them. We'll do a top five, a bottom five, and where we see the Bears before people start spending money and drafting players. And we'll also be going into talking NASCAR as Daytona 500 brought NASCAR back um, to being a weekly segment on the show and having races to watch again. Mike, what else are we going to be talking about? You know, Rich, uh, we don't do much of it we as much as we probably should, but uh, NBA talk this week. So we're going to talk the NBA, and uh, mostly we're going to talk the All-Star game and uh, do some check-ins on how our predictions did. Finally, we got baseball and some other football to talk about. All that and more. But, Rich, what's it time to do? Mike, why don't you go ahead and roll that intro? Broadcasting live from somewhere in Iowa, this is Balls and Sticks, the podcast, with your hosts, Mike and Rich. And we're back. Okay, Rich. Before we do any of the talk of the sports or that stuff, we have mm-hmm. our own competition to talk about. We do, Mike, as we have our weekly poll question. We're on the cereal side of the bracket this week. Our cereals going up against each other were Reese's Puffs and Honeycombs. Yeah, this one for Mike me, for yeah. me wasn't that hard to, to vote for. And, uh, yeah. Uh, a lot of people agreed the way I voted, and uh, there's people that agreed with the way you voted. Yeah, I, I pretty much figured I would be in the minority this week. I've never had Reese's Puffs. I'm just, I'm just, I mean, a Reese's peanut butter cup really isn't my favorite go-to candy. Okay. I'll eat it if it's available, but if I have other choices, like if I'm going into Casey's to pick up some road trip snacks. Reese's probably isn't going to be what I'm going to grab. So that's how I kind of feel about Reese's cereal. I, that's see. I, I like the hand. I like, I remember having honeycombs occasionally as a kid. And I like the taste of the honeycombs. See, remember uh, that Reese's are my favorite candy. Yeah. And then on top of it, you put together the, uh, the, the fact that it's cereal and I, you get milk and, oh, it's mm-hmm. so good. I love it. Reese's is where I voted. Uh, Rich, 72% of people agreed with me. That's uh, We had 11 votes. Eight votes for Reese's Puff Cereal. Three for Honeycombs. Let me give you the three for Honeycombs first. First, <coughs> excuse me. You have Sue Hart, Mark Hendricks, and Rich W. Hendricks. You, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not surprised. Nope, not, actually, not at all. Not at all. Uh, actually, I'm, I am very surprised. My mom, I didn't realize she liked honeycombs more than like I thought she loved Reese's Puff cereals, but um, Reese's Puff cereals. Me, Kayla Nielsen, Pam Hendricks, Debbie Scranton Washburn, Josh Hendricks, AJ Hendricks, 
Renee Cruz, and Ashley Lindquist. All right. Thanks for everybody that voted in our poll this week. If you want to see what our poll is next week or want to vote on it, make sure to go over to our Facebook page for the fans of Balls and Sticks. Next week's poll, which we'll get up once we get off of air, will be hash browns versus a muffin as we're back on the more the entree side of our breakfast food showdown bracket muffins or muffin a muffin of your choice is we're not going to get it down to naming individual muffin types and of course hash browns hash browns are more maybe we'll, do we need to go hash browns or breakfast potatoes or do we just need to go with hash browns um I mean, to me, hash browns are either, I, I don't know. Like, there's so many forms that hash browns come in. Because, like, the, the hash rounds from, yep. which are basically potato olays, mm-hmm. which are delicious. Yeah. Uh, your your hash brown stick thingy that you get at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got, the, like. The little patty. The, the, the potato-like patty. Yep. You got the uh, country ha- country hash browns, which look more like country potatoes like you said that are diced up and done that way those are country hash browns uh then you have regular hash browns which are just the shredded things that you mm-hmm. put on the griddle and you get nice and toasty and you serve it and it's yummy because you put some butter on there mm-hmm. i don't know i mean those are all options do you count all of those but with muffins you have blueberry muffins apple muffins uh pistachio muffins so we'll just keep it just so we'll we'll keep it open ended and go with hash browns muffins. Yeah, I think that works. Okay. okay, with that, Rich, let's head to the gridiron as we have to talk prop bets because I forgot my paper last week. Uh, Rich, uh, how do you want to do this? I can. Uh, I mean, it's. I, do you want me to remind you where we both voted, where each of us voted, and then who won, or do you want me to just go through and who won? Um, let's go with where we, where we went. So give okay. me a moment here. I know I, yeah, if I can't find it now. I'm sorry. I, I thought I had a, I thought it was in our, on our on uh, chat as far as which, as far as the, uh, the, uh, where I could at least read off the category of what, what it was, where we voted. But so unfortunately, Mike, it's all on you. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so um, go, go ahead, Mike. So what was the first thing that, what was our first, just go right down the list, where we went, who got it? Uh, you know, so the number one was the over under in seconds of the length of the national anthem. Our prop, this, and we're using sports interactive party props uh, list. So we're okay. using their list. Uh, if you have a different list out there, that's I, I can't tell you whether you're right or wrong. I can just tell you what I have. Mm-hmm. And uh, ours was 87.5 seconds. Reba McIntyre hit the over. We both picked the under, Rich. Oh. Um, the coin toss, heads or tails. You picked heads, I picked tails. It was so... This to start the game is the one this is talking about. This, there was only that's the one that this talks about. It does not give, uh, it does not give the count for the the coin toss overtime for overtime for the, for the overtime. But the coin toss results 
were heads. You picked heads, I picked tails. You were right. Okay. Uh, the game winner, as we discussed last week, the Chiefs won over the Niners. Game total, mm-hmm. over under, 47 and a half. I picked the over, you picked the under, the under hit. Rich, yep. Pat, uh, off- first offensive play, you picked run, I picked pass, and it was a run. Will there be a score in the first seven minutes? We both picked yes, there was not. Okay. Um, the first team to score, I picked the Chiefs, you picked the Niners, the Niners hit, you got that one. The jersey number of the first touchdown scored will be odd or even. We both picked odd. We were correct. First accepted penalty against. We both picked the Chiefs. It was the Niners. We neither one of us got that. A score in the final two minutes. We both said yes and were correct. Will there be three consecutive scores by not including a point after by one team? Uh, We I said yes. You said no. Yes, hit. Brock Purdy passing yards over under 248.5. We both said under. He hit the over. Patrick Mahomes passing 260.5. I said over. You said under. The over hit. Total receiving yards. George Kittle, 48.5. We both said over. Under hit. Travis Kelsey, 70. Point five. We both said over, and it was. Long, length of the longest field goal over under 46.5. I said over, you said under, it was over. By the way, we didn't even talk about that last week. Yeah, you. No, no, exactly. That's where I was going to go. I mean, you had a. I was amazed to find out that a 54 yard field goal was the longest in Super Bowl history, and that was broken. But that didn't even last the entire game because Butker came out and kicked a 57-yard field goal. Right. How amazing. Uh, That was totally cool. Um, The team with the longest successful field goal, we both said the Chiefs. And at one point in time, I thought we were both going to lose. And then Butker hit that 57, and we both won. Uh, Longest touchdown, we both said over 44.5. We were both incorrect. Uh, the team to get the longest touchdown, you said the Niners, I said the Chiefs, you were correct. Uh, total number of sacks, we both said over 4.5. It actually was under, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Boza was kept in check. Uh, total number of turnovers, 2.5. We said under, it was the over. Number of challenges for coaches, Uh it, instigated by a coach 1.5 we said over no no coach challenged a single play i don't really think there were any calls to challenge in that game 100 percent agree 100 percent agree um will there be a missed extra point or two-point conversion i said yes you said no the yes hit color of the gatorade the only one people really care about you said white, clear, or orange. I said any other color. It was purple. I hit. 
And finally, the Super Bowl MVP. You said any other position. I said quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. That totals to five to seven of just the solo ones. Uh, two, three, four. Uh, and then, so nine to 11 is if you include the ones we both got right. Gotcha. All right. By the um, way, one thing I got to say, I forgot to mention it. Uh, Post, Mahone, Post Malone singing uh, America the Beautiful was might be my new favorite rendition of that. Yeah, that, I mean, that really was a good rendition. I, I, I liked it, and I, I think I even liked uh, Reba's uh, national anthem was pretty was pretty well done, too. I liked her, yeah. her rendition. I, uh, the, the fact, like, I, I don't know that I'd ever heard any of his music before, but to see to hear him sing that, uh, man, I would put it up there with the Ray Charles version. He did amazingly well. I was I was impressed. Yeah, it was good. But I, yeah, I agree with you. For me, being Ray Charles's "God Bless America" is like the gold standard. I it think, is for me. But but I think Post Malone at least hit the post, yep. or was really um, close to it. What did you think of the of the halftime show? I loved it. But I grew up in an area where that where uh, Usher and all of the people that he brought on stage were gods to us. At the, I mean, let's, mm. let's be honest with ourselves. And we and so I loved it. it. To me, it was super enjoyable. Okay, I mean, I think that <clears throat> I didn't recognize any of the songs until like they did. Yeah, but the one that has the one that has. Um, Little John, little, little John going, yeah, and okay, Usher and <laughs> yeah, that that's the only song that I knew and, out of uh, that. Ludicrous. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I recognized all of it. Yeah, I mean, it, what I mean, I'm just not, you know, I'm not a hip hop or R and B. Oh, I, I was back fan. Then. So, but at the at the same time, I mean, I'm sure that you would have the same opinion like they did. A country act. You're not. No matter what kind of act they choose, you're not going to make everybody happy. If Taylor, you're, Swift, you're just not. <laughs> if Taylor Swift would have been the uh, halftime act, I probably would have turned it off. Personally, I don't like Tay Tay. Yeah, I mean, I like, exactly. I mean, I if like you put a country, if, for... if you put a if you put a country act on the stage, yeah, you're going to get. You're probably going to get the opposite effect of what this halftime show had, or yeah. the one two years ago when it was at SoFi was pretty well divided. No, I didn't like this halftime act. Yep. <laughs> so, okay. but no, I, I mean, it was a good show. We had it on. Was that the time that I was getting up and getting some more food and kind of passively watching the TV? Yeah. But that's how I, kind of like what halftime acts are most of the time anyway. But that's the time where you're getting up, stretching, going to the restroom, getting more food, and having that on as the background noise or just chatting with people. Yeah. I totally agree, but uh, for me, this halftime show, I mean, it was me and my wife were the only ones here. That's all that we had, mm. and I was just 100% on board with it, and it was great, so I loved it. Rich, okay. with that, do you see what's coming up next? Mike, is it a left-hand turn? Yes, it is, and after that? It's another left-hand turn, Mike, and tell them why. Because we're heading into the NASCAR corner, presented as always by Triple I Sports Cards Incorporated, Moline, Illinois. Check them out for all your sports memorabilia needs on 5th Avenue in Moline or 
on their eBay store. Once again, this is Triple I Sports Cards Incorporated. Okay, um, so the Daytona 500 got pushed back to Monday. Rich, were you able to watch any of it? Yes, I was. I intentionally went in at 5 in the morning, which is an hour early for me, so that even if I worked an hour of overtime, I'd be off and and home by the time the race uh, started. So, yeah, I watched it from start to finish and even didn't even take a nap. It, it was a good race. It's probably, I thought that's probably the cleanest Daytona 500 I've I've ever watched. Yeah, that's impressive. Uh, I think it was pretty clean, yeah. I think it, you're right. It was pretty accurately one of the better clean and and one of the best ones we've had in a long time. Um, a wreck early on uh, with John Hunter Nemechek and uh, also hurt Jimmy Johnson. We'll talk about that in a second um, because those were our picks. Uh, but other than that, it stayed clean until the last eight, last eight to ten laps, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, William. So people, I, I saw it on Facebook. Somebody said, "See, you can wreck the whole field, and you can win the. You too can win the Daytona 500." <coughs> William Byron didn't cause that wreck. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think he did either. It was the guy behind him. It was Alex Bowman. The way he pushed him and moved him around. Yep. Iraq. So exactly. I mean, did Ross Chastain made an aggressive move on the second wreck? Yep. Of on the this on the wreck that could have either where it was borderline. Should they have gone to overtime, or By did the they way, have enough to to call the race to right. where did William Byron, who won the race, make it to the checkered flag, make it to the start finish line when they were waving the white flag? They deemed that he was. And because he was able to make it one more lap around the track, he was your race winner. And that's why, but, but I don't even think that was a questionable move by, uh, by my driver, Ross Chastain. He was yeah. totally fine with it. He, yeah. Hey, when you got a chance to win the Daytona 500, you, you take it. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Yep. So, uh, great race overall. Um, and like we said, William Byron, what, Let's try that again. William Byron won. Jimmy Johnson came in 31st. And Joe John Hunter Nemechek came in 10th. Yeah. Jimmy Johnson got hurt by that first wreck, which had which Alex Bowman was also involved with. Yeah. If I remember correctly, I mean he was he did a little bit of pushing that caused uh, John Hunter to get a little wobbly and he his car didn't sustain as much damage but Jimmy's did as he lost some time as he had to he lost two laps uh, getting some repairs done on pit road and was, was never able to recover and John Hunter Nemechek was affected as well as most of the way through the race he was running in the 20s maybe even in the low 20s at certain points during the race uh, but because he didn't go a lap down and because he made it out of the big one at lap eight, that's how he was able to finish, get another top 10 finish. Yeah. Um, there are those that would argue that uh, he 
they should have thrown the the white flag. I actually think they should have thrown they should have thrown the yellow pre white flag. Uh, he had not taken the line of line. If they would have thrown the flag right when it when they should have. Um, but again, there's that that step back that you have to do. So, um, and yeah, John Hunter Nemechek re- recovery in the whole day looked great. Uh, halfway through, I had missed the first half of the race, and they were covering the uh, the um, they were doing a recap, and I saw oh John Hunter Nemechek in a bad wreck and spinning and blah blah blah, and I'm like oh good. And it looked like he had some damage, and so I texted Rich, thinking, "Yes, I'm gonna win, t- gonna start two and zero." And then he's like, "Did did you see what? What what are you talking about?" And uh, then I looked, and John Hunter Nemechek's team actually was able to get the car back out there and run quite well, like you said. Uh, and the Jimmy Johnson just couldn't couldn't recover from two laps down. You see, I thought that message was more in line with you thought that because I remember when we were doing our pre-show yesterday, you were saying, well, I'll go Joey Logano. But then you, then you walked that back saying, well, no, no pole winner has ever won the Daytona 500 from the pole. And I almost thought that maybe you thought you picked Denny Hamlin, who at the time that you sent that message was running really well in the top. I think he was at least in the top 10. So that's where I thought your message was coming from saying, looks like I'm going to be up to, Oh, and then, I, I reminded you yeah, that you right. picked Jimmy Johnson and then that's showed right. you where they were at the time that you sent that text. So you're right. Uh, I did think I picked Jimmy, uh, Denny Hamlin. That's what it was. I did think I picked Denny Hamlin, but moreover, I, the reason I sent it was because I saw that John Hunter Nemerchek was in a wreck and I thought, Oh, well that means he's out. Yeah. He did have some damage to his driver's door, I think, but they, they were still able to keep that car running and they didn't lose any laps. So this week, Rich, we're going from a traditional super. Sp- oh yeah. Um, where, how did we do with fantasy NASCAR? Oh yeah. So yeah. Rich, this week, uh, we only have three people playing. You we have you, me and Solomon, uh, which are the normal ones that end the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, it's not unusual, uh, for us to talk just us th- for just us three. Um, this last week, uh, I took the win with 133. Solomon took second with 130. And you took third with 125. Yeah, so we're all right about in the same area. When, and these scores are fairly typical for, for Daytona as you either – you're either picking that you're normally not as you're normally setting your lineup up to be drivers that you may not pick on a weekly basis because you're conserving uses or you're or you do pick a normal lineup of normal drivers that you pick from week to week but just because of results the crashes that happen yeah that low point totals can happen at super speedways so mike we're going to atlanta which is almost which has turned into being called a super speedway yeah they've they've revamped the track a couple of years ago and have now uh it's now a mile and a half speedway that runs like those two and a half mile speedways that they have in daytona and and talladega um so the racing will be very similar pack racing um edge of your seat driving the whole way uh it'll be great um, and uh, 
like we say for the Daytona 500 or the Coke 600 or the or not the Coke the Yellowwood the Yellowwood the, the Yellowwood 500 um, yeah. at Talladega is one of the Talladega races Geico the Geico and yeah. the Geico 400 the I think Pepsi five whatever the uh, no, no. The, the the second the second Daytona is always the Coke Zero Sugar. Right. Coke Zero be, Sugar. Right. Whatever ones they are. Either way, uh, they are. Um. Yeah. Set up your Atlanta setup as if you're. That's where you're going. Because mm-hmm. that's just how it's gonna be. Um. So. We'll go to we'll go for the Ambetter Health 400 in Atlanta, 400 miles, 260 laps. All right, Mike. So um, with John Hunter Nemechek finishing higher than Jimmy Johnson, that gives me the first pick. We've already done our picks, but um, I'll reveal mine first, and I'm going to go with Daniel Suarez of Trackhouse Racing. He was doing really well at the Daytona 500, and he's got a really good track history uh, at the revamped Atlanta. As he's finished in the top five, except for once, where he where he got a three out of the four revamped Atlanta runnings, he's finished in the top five. Yeah. So I'm going to go Daniel Suarez, and also I think that he needs this race because you, you don't want to necessarily finish in a points hole, put yourself in a points hole really early on as he was involved in the big one, which uh, cost him like a top 10 running spot in Daytona before he got caught up in the race. So I'm going to go Daniel Suarez. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, he needs to, to do something here. Uh, and he does really well at these super speedways. Uh, I'm going to pick Austin Dillon, uh, another driver that does really well at, at super speedways. Uh, might, might not start him because he does well other places too. And so you might not want to use him for your starting lineup, but definitely uh, somebody that will be in contention at the end of the race. All right. I, I like to pick two. I, I would start him. I, I don't. I view Austin Dillon differently uh, th- than you do, but I don't think he's a guy that I would necessarily worry about conserving uses on. Guys sure. like, for me, it's like the Larsons, Chase Elliott's, uh, the Kyle Bush type of and even Chastain to a certain extent, from my from my perspective, as a guy that I would save uses on. Austin Dillon's not one of those guys. Okay, for me. With that, Rich, take us out. All right, that was the NASCAR corner. The Ambetter Four Hundred will be on Fox on Sunday afternoon to catch that race. And if you also want to join our fantasy NASCAR team, make sure to go over to our Facebook page and follow the link for the NASCAR Fantasy Live link to join our league. It's not too late as you've only missed one race. But that was the NASCAR corner. In the description. Ahead, it's also in the description. Huh? Yeah, also in the show description. Thank you, Mike. So um, NASCAR corner presented by Triple I Sports Cards Incorporated, Moline, Illinois on Fifth Avenue, or you can also find them on eBay. Triple I Sports Cards Incorporated. So, Mike, from the asphalt, we're going to go over to the hardwoods. Let's do it. Of the NBA, as we had the All-Star game last Sunday, a 211, 211 to 186 Eastern Conference victory. 
And the only thing that I could take out of that is that you even at the end of the game, you had the commissioner saying, congratulations, guys. You set the all-time scoring. You set the all-time points record for an all-star game. You broke 200. Good job, guys. But coming out of the all-star break, you had the, the narrative was they need to try harder. They need to take more pride in this game. Why? Because I, I don't you, see tell, why either. Tell me why. Oh, they scored. You know what? Here's the deal. It's supposed to be a break. Like You call it the all-star break. That means they take a break. They get the breather. They do these. They do these uh, games around it. Those are fun, but come on, is it necessary? Like, I would have more fun having a like. Just do the skills competitions. Why do we have to have the actual All Star game? And if we're gonna have the All Star game, why not have a three on three tournament? So you shrink the number of all stars to get named the game, and nope. have each nope. have each conference take the best players from each conference, or even do like the NHL does, and maybe make a eight or take the best eight or ten player eight to five players from each division, and they form a three on three team and have a have a tournament. Yep. That sounds like fun. Play, uh, I mean, play I, a game to play a game of twenty one. Hmm. I like that idea actually. I kinda like that idea. Why not? Um but you know, speaking of NBA, All Star Break is a great time to look and see how our predictions have done so far. Rich, I'm gonna give you the top ten. You then let us know where our predictions came, okay? Okay, which teams we got right out of which of the eight teams we said would make it. All right, so Mike, go ahead, and we'll start with the Eastern Conference. Go In ahead. the Eastern Conference, number one, the Boston Celtics. Number two, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Number three, the Bucks. Number four, the Knicks. Five, the 76ers. Rich, how are we doing so far? Right now, Mike, both of us are five, four, five. Okay, let's go number six. We have the Pacers, the Heat at seven, the Magic at eight, the Bulls, and the Hawks would play in a play-in game. Or no, they're ten, they're nine and ten. So however that works. Of yeah, the- yeah, yeah. They're, they're nine and ten. So the top ten teams make the playoffs with eight, nine. Yeah, eight, nine, seven, eight, seven? nine. Yeah, seven, eight, nine, and ten in a play-in tournament. Right. With two of those teams moving into the actual playoffs. So, Mike, you are you went eight for eight. Okay. Eight for eight. Um, I missed I I missed the Hawks. Um. Yeah. Okay. One of my eight teams that was not named was the Brooklyn Nets. So they are. Where are the Brooklyn Nets? The Brooklyn Nets are uh, a couple of games out, but they're okay. in eleventh place. All right. So I know we don't follow basketball that much, but but are there any surprises that maybe are you surprised with the with the way the top ten is? Is there maybe a, you have the standings up? I don't. Is there a team that's below that top ten that you're surprised is 
below the cutoff line or is there maybe a team in that top eight or ten that you're surprised that they're where they're ranked i'm always surprised that the wizards are as low as they are the last couple of years okay um they still have steph curry they still have uh steve kerr what's up uh that's the warriors i'm sorry you said the wizards the wizards Why did I say the Wizards? I don't. I, I don't know. That that's a discussion. The Warriors, where the Warriors are, is a great good discussion. Put put the pin back in the grenade. Yeah, the Wizards and the uh, Warriors. Save that. Yeah. Save that for uh, the West talk. Yeah. But we're looking Sorry. at the East, Mike. The East. No, honestly, for me, nothing. Um, yeah, I don't have anything there uh, in that one that that really surprises me. Okay, um, I think for me, Mike, I'd have to look at the, the Milwaukee Bucks. They're number three, but they're also a team that fired their head coach, even though they were like 38 and 13. Yeah. And brought in Doc Rivers, so more of a, a veteran head coach. Yep. And the narrow, I mean, I don't watch basketball, so I'm only regurgitating what I hear. Um, but there's been talks that as he's taken over, he's still offering up a lot of excuses for why things really haven't improved that much. I mean, I think that the effort on defense was one of the reasons why they got rid of their head coach from what I heard. And that's not improving, but at the same time, you brought in, you, you were sacrificing scoring defense for increased scoring when you went and got Dame Leonard, Dame Leonard, uh, from, uh, Portland and traded away drew holiday so yeah yeah it's yeah i uh all right mike the western conference where give us those 10 playoff teams mike the timberwolves the thunder the clippers the nuggets and the pelican are your top five how we doing so far rich um mike you are five for five out of my top five i only have one we didn't put them in order did you no i put them in order okay i believe i put them in order i believe i did okay six is the mavericks seven are the kings eight are the suns nine are the lakers and ten are the golden state warriors all right mike so with that with all of them being done you got seven out of eight okay and I have. Oh, yeah, I also have seven out of eight. Okay. So the team that we both put into our top eight that is not in the top 10 is the Memphis Grizzlies. Where are the yeah. Memphis Grizzlies, Mike? They're at 13th right now uh, with a 3351 uh, per winning percentage. All right, and and I think I I I know that I put the the Grizzlies into my top eight because of them getting John Morant back. Yep. And unfortunately, he suffered a season-ending injury um, after he came back from his uh, suspension. Yeah. For can't for a uh, firearms I, for a firearm issue. Yep. I can t- I can agree with that one. Um. So. <clears throat> um. The like I said earlier, how are the Warriors a team that are at twenty nine and twenty six? 
they still have the top shooter mm-hmm. in in the NBA. Yeah. You still have a great defender and rebounder in Draymond Green. You also have arguably one of the one of the top five player co- players that became coaches in the league that we've seen. Like I don't know. I I'm having a hard time with this team. Um, the, I think they should be doing a lot better, and maybe they maybe they will improve as the season goes on. But right now, seeing them at tenth, that's not a great spot to be in. No, I don't think it is either. Because that I mean with that with them being a, you don't think of them as a veteran team, but yeah. they are a veteran team, yep. and that's if you play in the play-in tournament, that that's there's a possibility that that's two extra games that you're going to have to play before and you have before you play in the playoffs. If they if they say where they're at, it will have to be a minimum of two extra games. Period. Cuz don't the lower seeds have to win two games? I believe so. So if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong here, cuz I believe what happens is you have the two teams that win the playoff games, they get. I think it ends up being about. I think it's two games. I thought it. I thought the, the way that the it two works teams is, that wins is the seven eight seven plays ten and eight plays nine. If the the higher seed, the seven or the eight, wins the first game, it's over. They're done. If they play, if the lower seed wins the first game then they play a second game and if the lower seed wins that one they're in and the upper seed goes home okay so the idea of this tournament is to end the regular season not set to high way it works is the seventh seed will host the eighth seed in the same conference with the winner advancing into securing the seventh seed position okay the ninth and tenth seed will host the ninth will host the tenth seed in an elimination game where the winner goes on to play the loser of the seven eight game. The team that comes out at the top of the game secures the eighth and final playoff spot. So basically, if you're in the seventh or eighth spot, you play each other, winner automatically goes to the playoffs. The eighth yeah. seeded team, the team that loses the seven eight matchup, waits to face the winner of the nine ten matchup. So in theory, that seven right right now where you have the the Warriors have to win two road games. Yeah, they or they yeah they would have to win two road games because of where they're at in the standings right now. It would be the King would be um, yeah the the Suns and the Kings playing each other. Lakers Warriors is a potential first first round matchup with, with one of them going home. Yeah, one of them automatically going home. Um. Which is bad, I think, for the league because you want th- those are the two teams you really want in the playoffs. Those are the two yeah. most talked about teams. So yeah, for me, it's like I mean, I love the talk on the Warriors being a team that you're surprised to see that low. Yeah, but also the Lakers. I mean, LeBron James, like it or love it, he is the the face of the league. Here's the difference: the Warriors are veterans. The Lakers are old. Hmm. That to me that sums it up. 
So. Yeah, I mean, and with the Lakers, I mean, it was the, the talk that you heard all around the trading deadline is, well, you're they're walking that tightrope of how much of their future do they want to mortgage to make LeBron James happy and give him the best opportunity to win? Because do you really want to mortgage And it's a contract your future? win for him, isn't it? Yeah, it's always a contract year for him. That's how he plans his structure. It's a player option year. Oh yeah, so okay. he's always on a. But I thought this wasn't oh. even a player option. I think this is the final like nail in the coffin. It might be so, but now they I mean they're walking that tightrope of, and the one thing that I always heard around with the the talk the national talk radio is that if you're an NBA team, do you really want to deal with the Lakers to get nothing yeah. in return to give up your star player to help LeBron? You're not helping the no. Lakers. You're, you, do you want to help LeBron? Yeah. And in turn, you're helping the Lakers, but you're not necessarily getting the best deal back because the Lakers don't have anything to deal. Nope. Nope. So, um, okay. That's, uh, I think that's pretty good for football, basketball talk. Let's start making some left turns around the diamond. That's right. So last week when we were talking the, uh, the MLB, we talked about how we really can't, Preview our favorite team, the Chicago Cubs, because there is a prominent former Chicago Cub that's a free agent. Yeah. And that being Cody Bellinger. And along with Cody Bellinger, you have a gold glove, maybe even a platinum gold glove, platinum glove winner, third baseman Matt Chapman. Yep. And you have the reigning Cy Young Award winner, Blake Snell, unsigned. Rich, wait. Aren't they all represented by the same guy? They are. They're all represented by Scott Boris. Wait, so being represented by Scott Boris, who doesn't let you take team-friendly deals, doesn't allow you to negotiate when until you're out of a contract, doesn't speak with general managers, but instead insists on speaking with owners? You mean that's that's not working right now? Well, I guess from what I've from what what I've heard and read, it's not that he refuses to talk with general managers, but he is known to use the owner as a negotiating tactic of going around the front office to talk to the owners directly to maybe reinvigorate negotiations. By the way, uh, Scott Boris or Scott, uh, uh, not Scott Boris, um, Ricketts. Yeah. Ricketts basically told him to, to go touch grass. Yeah, he has said that we've had I've had no talk with Scott Boras and And I won't I'm glad that, he said he won't. And I won't. You can talk to my general manager. I hired a guy to do a job. That's the guy you're supposed to talk to. If you don't want to talk to him, okay. You're kinda up up poop creek. I, yeah, I think this might be the year that this Scott Boris backfire. That's what I'm starting to really come around to as well. Or you're, or you could see another, I think you're going to see a, a situation where the, the player is getting the contract, but he's going to be on a bad team. That's why, that's why Chris Bryant is in Denver. Yep. Yeah. He's getting paid. He's getting paid a lot of money. Yep. But he's on a bad team that's not going to get better anytime soon. I mean, or by the time it does, 
he's going to be long, long out of his prime. Well, and the other side of that is, if you end up on a bad team, it doesn't matter how good you are, it drags down the perception of you as a player. Mm-hmm. If you're on a team that consistently play is 10 games under 500, how do you expect to to be considered a player that will play above 500. It hurts your reputation as a player being on bad teams. So, yeah, I don't like it at all. Um, and I think Scott Boris is actually hurting his clients. Um, I'm Scott Boris is a lawyer, so I know he legally knows what he has to do. But, because technically Scott Boris has require is required as a agent is required to, to tell his clients every and and I think the problem is the wording because I believe it says every reasonable offer. I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me, but I believe mm-hmm. that's what it says. So if Scott determines something's not a reasonable offer, does he have to share it? No. And that is where I think it gets hurt. Um, I There's so much with Scott Boris that's good and bad. <sighs> I think that I don't remember if, I don't know if it, if uh, Freddie Freeman was a Boris client or not, but I noticed that I remember when uh, Freeman signed with the Dodgers, there was that talk of, yep. well, did, did you let the Braves make a counter offer of, why didn't you tell me that, that, that they made that type of offer? I would have accepted that. Yeah. But you got more money from the Dodgers. So that's that's the contract I presented to you. Yeah. Well, there, but both teams have worked out. Freddie's doing great in LA and the Braves got Matt Olson. Yeah. And he's doing pretty good. Yep. So it's one of those things that uh, this could be the year that Scott Boris. Now, uh, do I think it's collusion? No. Do I think it's that it's owners finally saying, no, I hired a guy. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a baseball guy. I own a team. Rich, I, I have a question for you, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's say, let's let's do it this way. You work, you work in the the fulfillment department for John Deere, right? Yeah. A client needs a part. That's your job to deal with, right? Yeah. Okay. They talk to you a little bit. They're not 100% happy with the way they do it. So then they call the CEO of John Deere and say, hey, I'd like to get this part. What's that owner going to say? He's oh, going to no, say, I, call I, I Rich. Could, I could probably break it down a little bit better. Say, oh, um, like a like the you got farmer john farmer joe wants it wants a part for his tractor yep. he's not going to come to me to get that part no you got to go to your john deere store to order it through him yep and then the john deere That's, owner then, then the john deere the john deere store owner comes to orders the puts the part in for him yep. and sells it to the customer yep that's that's a great that's a great point why would but but wouldn't it be easier if he just called you could be, but I don't have a way to sell it to him. But that's what that's what this Scott Boris is doing. He's going to the ownership. Hey, you're the one that controls the money. You're the one that gives them. You're the one that tells the GM to get them to 
to get the GM to maybe come down off of his hard line. I'm not going to offer more than five years over 200 million. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not good with it. I and, and, that, and I've said I've had problems with Scott Boris for years. Yeah, and that's where it seems like a lot of things are held up. I mean, the Yankees have made an offer to Blake Snell. Have they revisited? Okay. Have they revisited there to negotiate? And that's where I think is where it's going is that there may be offers being presented, but there is no, but there's no going back and forth because Boris is expecting and wanting a hard line and wanting a hard line with this amount of money that I promised him. I'm not going to come off of that and negotiate down. Yeah. And so I think what you're going to see is that you're going to see these guys eventually settling for what essentially is a one-year deal, but it's a two-year deal on paper. Yeah. And then the agent and the player coming out saying, you know, I'm looking forward to playing for this team. This is the type of deal that I was looking for, and we'll take it. We yeah. hope to negotiate more, have a longer-term deal next offseason. So. And, and the bigger problem with it is, and this is the thing for me, don't these end up their last-minute signings that – now, you haven't been in training camp. Oh no! Well, well no, you're you're training by on either on your own, yep. or you're training with at a Scott Boris funded facility. But I don't. I'm not even saying but that. You're not rich. But you're not with the team, right? You're not with, the and team. that's the key. You've you've been to trainings, right? You guys at work have mandatory fun. Yep. Right. Hmm. When you go to mandatory fun, it's not because you want to go, especially like the military stuff. You you go to that because you're required to be there. And when you're there, you you gain some camaraderie. You gain some friendship mm-hmm. with these guys. You develop a um, you develop a, a, a relationship, and that relationship totally changes how you guys go out when you go into combat in baseball right now now they're in spring training Mm -hmm. and what are these guys doing they're developing those relationships that with that will carry them through the season as teammates exactly i mean if you have i think bellinger is a good example of somebody that maybe doesn't need to develop relationships because he was with the team last year but yeah if you bring in somebody like but what if Snell, he, or but, Snell or Chapman. But what says Snell he ends Chapman, up in, in Chicago? What if he ends up in Houston? Yeah. Now and it's coming down to I'm the center fielder or I'm the first baseman. I've got this figured out. Just tell me where I'm going to bat coach and hopefully it works out. Hopefully he trained, he trained by himself effectively to where he's ready for the season. Yep. But there isn't that relationship and there isn't that he's going to have to be working on building those friendships and trust with the teammates on the fly instead of having the entire camp to do so. Yep. Totally agree. And so I, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. I, uh, I'm a hundred percent on board and I think that Bor that he needs to, to let up and, and, uh, and, and get to where get, get off of his, do it my way or the high. You're not going to, if you don't win this for your clients, that's not going to help them. So, okay. With that rich, any shout outs before we do our quick hits? Um, I don't, not this week. Okay. Um, 
I have I, I have shout outs, but it's part of the quick hits as um, yep. I'm going to give you a quick update on yesterday. Yesterday we had our eSports state championship for Division two in Rocket League. Um, yesterday, I, I told you yesterday was a long day. I had to be up at five in the morning yesterday or five five fifty is when I woke up. Uh, I went and picked up donuts on the way down to to pick up the school vehicle that we end up taking down to state. In okay. picking up the school vehicle to go down to state, we then uh, we get there, we get everybody in the car, we leave by seven thirty. Um, we get down there a little early. They said registration started at two or at noon. We got there a little after 11, 11.30 is about when we got there. Um, we ended up not playing until like 3, Ooh. which, yeah, that sucked. And we then, we played that round, watched a round, and then we played three back-to-back-to-back games, basically one right after another, super quick succession, a little rough, um, but it was fine. We ended up... Uh, taking fourth place, uh, I think we we could have won both of the games we lost, um, but there was it. A couple of them were some some close, uh, what are called fifties when two guys hit the ball. We lost a couple of fifties that hurt us and and cost us the matches. That's part of Rocket League. Uh, I don't. I, I think it was a, extremely close. We had a great time. Uh, we got a banner. We don't get a a, a trophy, but that's all right. That's that's kind of how it goes. Um, and mm-hmm. then we didn't get back to the school until 12.30 last night. I didn't get home till 1. I didn't Ooh. get to bed until like 1.30, 2 o'clock. So, so Michael, where, where did you guys finish? Fourth. Fourth. Fourth and, and how many how many teams were at state to get to put that into perspective? So there were eight teams at state, but there okay. are, there are, I want to say, 20 teams in the state total competition. All right. It might be 16, but, you know, overall, we're happy with it. Uh, eight teams played a sub-state tournament that then put them in the state. We got to buy directly into the state tournament, and we ended up fourth, which is great. Um, the guys right. did great. So so uh, where was the uh, the, post, the post-game um, meal? Post-game meal at, yeah. We went to a place called Smoke and G's in, in Marshalltown delicious barbecue and then we drove home. and then you drove home okay um did, was there a was there a pregame meal no no pregame nope. meal. They, nobody they was bring their own? At, at, well they were all hung none of them were we stopped at mcdonald's on the way down as we were driving and uh, none of them were hungry after that when we got down there so Okay. And then we like, just, it sounded like you you were there for registration at noon, but you didn't get to play till three. Yeah, it was. So that I wasn't was sure what what you what if you got if you went out and uh, if you had a, a team meal before your first match. None of the guys were wanting it, so we were like, okay, we're fine. All right, so Mike, you co- you do coach a third esport, yep, which is Mario Kart. So when does that season start? Monday. Monday. Wow, not that big of a turnaround. When's your first match? Uh. Two weeks out. Two weeks out. All right. Yeah. So I'd, I'd say enjoy the break, but you really only have two days for them. Or, yeah. or a day and a half now. Yeah. Um, but cool. Looking forward to hearing about the Mario Kart team as we'll try and uh, include that as a weekly 
as a weekly quick hit. We're also starting uh, League of Legends, which that'll be interesting. Oh, okay. At the same time. Yep. Yep. Oof. So we'll see how that goes. All right. So stay tuned. And um, so if you're a League of Legends player or a Mario Kart player, um, yep. Stay tuned, and we'll make that a weekly part of our show. So, Mike, do you have any other shout-outs before we end today? Uh, no, I just want to tell my guys they did great, and we're proud of them, and uh, can't wait to, for next season. So, um, I have none. So, with that, and you have none? I have none. With that, let's get into, if people are listening, watching us on Facebook, and they want to take us with them on the road, how should they do that, Rich? Well, Mike, you can look us up wherever you download uh, your favorite podcasts. Um, yep. Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, I believe, as well as, um, was it YouTube or Google Podcasts? YouTube. YouTube, YouTube uh, Podcasts. Mike, if they're listening to us out in podcast land and want to see uh, the video feed and the, the video feed of us, uh, what two places can they find that? You can check that out at facebook.com slash balls and sticks or at YouTube and look for Balls and Six, the podcast, which is Rich and I playing baseball. With that, Rich, let's roll the outro. Broadcasting live from somewhere in Iowa, this is Balls and Six, the podcast with your hosts, Mike and Rich.